Welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. On this show, every week, one of the podcasters suggests a movie for us to watch. We discuss it, and then one of us suggests the next movie for us to watch and discuss. All the movies are available from the major streaming services, so you can participate with us. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined this week by Alicia Walker. Hello. Josh Dean. Hi there. Nathan McKinney. Hello. And Zach Rowland. Hey! And today we are discussing uh, David Fincher's The Game. But first we'll talk about what we've been watching lately. Uh, Zach, what have you been watching lately? Oh, I've just been trying to catch up on some TV shows and such. Um, So many good things. I will start off by talking about CBS's The Stand. Has anyone else got into this yet? No. Two episodes in. Yeah, right? Two episodes episodes in, in. And... Oh, I've only I haven't seen the third yet. Um, as this will probably be dated, but nonetheless, um, I was a huge fan of the two part movie series done in the '90s. I had it on VHS. I watched it over and over again. Me too. And I, 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 I yeah, I loved it. I will say CBS is holding up. I'm I'm kind of surprised because I'm not a big fan of CBS productions for the most part. Um, and I'm loving this. I think it's really well done. I like how they're doing it. They're using a lot of flashback, but. Uh, it's good. I think it's good. What do you guys think? I, you know, I love the old one too. It's been probably about, I had it on VHS probably, I think too. And it's, it's long gone. Um, I think I probably would say it's on par at least. I love the, the higher production value of this one, but I also think the storytelling value is not quite as good as the old one. It's just too scattered with way too many characters, which the other one, that never bothered me because it was the same number of characters, but uh, I think it was just well a little more whittled down maybe, and maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Well, I read the book. Yeah. I never saw the 90s uh, TV movie series for it. Was it just a two-part movie or was it like a – Yeah. Okay. It was similar to the like the Langoliers and the Tommyknockers. Oh, okay. And, so I don't yeah. really have another movie to compare it to. Uh, I'm liking it so far, but obviously it's a it's one of the bigger Stephen King books. There's a lot going on. Well, in some cases, there's not a lot going on, but you're reading a lot. Uh, so I'm getting used to the flashback. Was the old one, was it structured with the flashbacks like this is, the old movie? No, no, okay. it, it was fairly straightforward. Um, I mean, it starts off with the, uh, not to you know give much away, but with the incident, and then they just drive you forward all the way to the end. But some of the actors that played some of the characters in that one were just so wonderful. Gary Sinise plays one of the main characters. He was phenomenal. Um, Wasn't Rob you know, Lowe in the I old think, one? I, yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Gloria San Giacomo um, was a really good character in it. Who? Oh, yeah. Who played Randall Flagg? I was Jamie trying to remember Sheridan. that. Oh, that's okay. so good. And then the guy that plays MMO, I don't know his name, but M O O N, that spells the moon. I've remembered his role. I mean, that's like, to me, yep. it's like one of the classic characters I remember from that era. Yep. Because he was just so well cast and did really well in it. Yeah. Him and the and the bomb guy, bomb to bomb to bomb, bomb, bomb. <laughs> like Trash Can oh. Man, maybe? Yeah. Lloyd. It's Lloyd. Yeah. Oh, Lloyd. Um, okay. Yeah. He uh, in the jail. He gets him out of the jail. Oh, we're giving oh, too much yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think that gives too much it's, away. It's a pretty old no. book. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. I guess people would already know <laughs> that, it by that now. That book is older than just, some of the people in the podcast, so I think we're okay. Truth. 
Truth. I'm very excited about it. I, 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 like I said, I don't really care for a lot of CBS productions, and this one is really working for me. So if you guys have CBS All Access, go for it. Um, and then real quick, the other one I was going to talk about is, um, I can't remember the name of the show. I just wrote down the Richard Jules show that's on Netflix. Yeah, the new one. Uh, yeah, I watched like one episode of that so far. I, I liked it, but I haven't been uh, like dying to get back to it yet. Uh, I did, however, also watch the Richard Jewell film recently um, and uh, the Clint Eastwood one, and I thought that one was pretty good. Um, uh, but I haven't got much into the show yet. It, I guess it's a deeper dive on the whole situation. I don't know how much deeper you can go. Yeah. So um, other than that, I've just been busy. Uh, not a lot of TV watching time. No movies, unfortunately. Josh, how about you? Uh, well, I finally got around to Logan's Run uh, from whatever, 74? 72. 72, 72 <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, that was uh, something. I kept... Um, Basil Exposition was the only thing I could think of every time I saw Michael York on screen. Um, and then his uh, partner... I knew him from Hunt for Red October, so uh, just all these associations besides what I was actually watching. Um, but that was fun, uh, you know, sci-fi, uh, pre-Star Wars sci-fi. Um, and then I watched a documentary called um, Wolfman's Got Nards uh, mm. from, yeah, about the making of the Monster <laughs> Squad. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was a little too much... Um, like uh, hey geography it was just um too much celebration not enough insight um yeah yeah i was a little disappointed but um i used to love that movie when i was a kid so i, I had to watch it um <laughs> but that's all that's all i've seen alicia well we watched several things uh we watched we've been watching the stand uh we watched uh we got some uh kino lober Lob Lobner Lobner movies. You know Lorber. Recent. Thank Lorber. you. Lorber. Lorber movies recently. So we were watching the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming, uh, which is kind of a mad, 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 mad world. Uh, and uh, some other things we've been enjoying. We watched the movie The Gentleman, the Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. Uh, mm. On Amazon or something, and it was a lot better than I expected it to be. Actually, I kind of enjoyed it. And uh, also, we've been. I, I started watching the Netflix series The Ripper about uh, I that a guy, too. yeah, who's doing some serial killing in the seventies in in Britain, in northern uh, Britain, uh, northern. I guess I should say England. Uh, I'm not super far with that. I'm on episode three. I'm not sure how many there are total. Oh, Dale, there's only already four. Finished it. There's only four. So. Yeah. I'm about three quarters of the way through, and that's pretty good. I, I thought at first, I didn't really look at what it was about before I hit it. I thought maybe it was Jack the Ripper. Uh, it's a much later Ripper, but similar kinds of stuff happening, and uh, and it's pretty good. Nathan? Um, well, there were two movies that dropped uh, since the last time we talked. We missed last episode, so maybe everybody already talked about them. But um, we did uh, go see uh, Wonder Woman 84, <laughs> or 86 or whatever it was i'm sorry what, what what was it ww84 did you guys it. talk about that last never, week never did heard we of talk it. about it <laughs> I, I don't think we did i oh i, I think do we, we want to talk about think, how bad we, it was i think we mostly just said 
don't <laughs> don't talk about it yeah. we agreed not to talk about it yeah, yeah we agreed bad. not to talk about it oh i see well yeah so, so my take on it is like the first 45 minutes are fine but it takes a nosedive from there and needs heavy editing and some complete rewrites but eh, you know however you say her name gal gadot if that's how you say it gal it's gal not gal but go right ahead Godot. Uh, <laughs> like waiting for Godot. Well, see, I've heard other people pronounce it some other weird-ass way, so I could be wrong. We need to look it up, I guess. But she was good in it. Yeah. Everything else was just kind of eh. The other one we watched um, was Soul. If you guys haven't seen Soul yet, we really enjoyed that one. Um, I, I saw one uh, ranking of all Pixar movies already put it at number three, uh, which I thought was maybe a little bit high, but... I mean, I got to say the animation was pretty incredible in it, especially like the when they're on stage playing jazz. Um, it's it's pretty top notch. Uh, and I thought the script was really good. Uh, so there's that. But the other thing I wanted to kind of mention, because I don't think anybody's probably heard of it because <laughs> I had to dig it up myself. Um, I had seen somebody, uh, an article that recommended these obscure things on HBO Plus. Max. Uh, Max sorry. HBO, whatever. And uh, one of the ones, uh, Gadot, so one of the ones that uh, was recommended was something called Stath Let's Flats. I say it slowly because it's kind of hard to understand, but it's a character named Stath who lets flats. So London Flats. Um, It's kind of like the original British office mixed with a little bit of the... um, the Borat kind of foreign bit, except Greek. Like there's some of that foreign humor in there, except it's Greek people. Um, but it's, I, I've only, I'm only four episodes in. It's a six episode per season, two season series. So I'm probably about halfway through. Yeah. It's totally worth checking out. It's, it's a lot of fun. Okay. It's got, Oh, and it's got the guy that's in it and who writes it and everything. He's the, and she's in it as well. If you guys have heard of Natasha Demetrio, she's the lady that's on um, What We Do do in the Shadows. It's her brother, and both of them are in it. So if that's, that gets you kind of there a little bit further, then there you go. Okay. Well, I, uh, like I discussed earlier, I watched uh, The Ripper uh, this week. I also watched The Trial of the Chicago 7, which was written and directed by Aaron Sorkin and is exclusive on Netflix. Uh, I would highly recommend everyone to see that movie. It's really, really, really well done. Um, it's an interesting story. It's a piece of history that, um, that I didn't know a whole lot about. And uh, Aaron Sorkin... Uh, has has raised the bar again. I think this is a better movie than Molly's Game, and uh, the writing is, as always, from him, impeccable. Um, really great performances in it, and and just a great uh, all around story message. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen is in it and plays Abby Hoffman and steals every scene that he's in. He's fantastic in it. Um, there's also uh, Mark Rylance, um, Michael Keaton, a um, couple other big names, uh, and it's it's just a really well done movie. Um, you know, 
kind of true crime, true politics uh, story. And that's the kind of thing that I like uh, to see Aaron Sorkin do. It's like if the West, if the West wing were real, um, except this, this actually happens. And all these people actually didn't said some of these things. So uh, Eddie Redmayne is also, and he's very good. Um, flawless uh, uh, Boston or Massachusetts accent from him in there. So uh, he's, he's still uh, still coming down from Jupiter ascending for me, which it's like one of the worst performances of all time, but uh, no, he was, then he, he turns was good it around it. with uh, fantastic beasts. <sighs> so um, <clears throat> we are continuing our, our, our Fincher month, Fincher February, the uh, forgotten films of Fincher in February, if you will. Um, last week we did Panic Room. We're talking about the game this week. Uh, is there anyone who had not previously seen the game? I have not. So, Zach, go first. What did you think of the game? Oh, my God. How have I not seen this movie? Um, honestly, I was like, I was like, I remember, you know, kind of seeing the picture of Michael Douglas with the puzzle pieces in the head thing, you know, but I was like, I just don't, I know nothing about this. I didn't really check out the synopsis. I had an idea in my head based off of the first few scenes, what the movie was going to be about. And that was not what it was about. Um, I thought it was great. I, I, I turned off the, I pushed the, the end button and I was like, Wow, that was awesome. Like I audibly laughed out loud multiple times. I let out gasps of emotion near the end that were just like amazing. Um I I I don't know whether to hate Michael Douglas or love Michael yeah. Douglas. Like I just I I want to hate him cuz I feel like he's like he he's like he seems like a dick in everything he does, but he's such a fucking great actor and you just can't not help but watch him. So I'm curious what you um, thought the movie was going to be before I, it kicked in. I seriously thought it was gonna be some sort of like investment banker game oh. thing where like they move money around but then there's like a discrepancy with money and then there's like maybe some drug guys get involved or I didn't know it was a real life escape room guys come on <laughs> like, <laughs> like immediately when he goes to the like the, the CRS company I was like Oh shit! I, and I watched it. Uh, I, I'm for the listeners. I work in an escape room, so like this is perfect for me. Like this is beautiful. Yeah, I think this somebody last week said that this is the perfect movie for Zach, and it just went over your head that that's what it was about. Yeah. Oh, totally. And then I'm into it. And then the clown. And I'm like, yes, baby, give it to me. Oh, I was trying to play the game along with it the whole time. And man, did they get me? I. Any movie that I, I mean, like, I'm not able to predict the ending of every film, but like any story that can get me like that, I'm just like, yes, that is some fucking great storytelling, which is crazy because I think that uh, Fincher said he like should have never made this film. Yeah. And I'm like, what? You should have never made Alien 3, bro. Like, that's not <laughs> like, <laughs> um, no, I, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed all of it. Um, I thought the performances were wonderful the, and the storytelling was good. And yeah, um, that, that was a solid recommendation. All right, cool. Nathan, how about you? 
Well, this has been a longtime favorite of mine. I think I actually saw this in the theater, but it has been probably about 10 or 12 years since I saw it last time. And I think the last time I saw it was on a VHS. I didn't really have a strong feeling for what David Fincher was like as a director yet. May not have even really clicked with me who he was. Um, So it was kind of fun to rewatch this one and kind of look at the David Fincheriness of it. Um, It's it's a pretty outstanding movie. I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, if you guys have ever done any sort of immersive experiences beyond escape rooms, but there's one in New York called Asleep No More, which if anybody's done escape rooms probably has heard of it at least um there's a company that puts that together you know you go into a building and you basically get lost in the experience um you're just kind of a fly on the wall for everything that goes down uh and they've been working on um you know because i follow them because i love that thing they've been working on one where they kind of just run around the streets of new york city you know as kind of like an escape room but outdoors Mm -hmm. and i just think you know, if they could ever pull it off where it's even close to something like the game, I I I think they'd have a winner on their hands. But I it's you know, watching it, it's like a little far fetched on how much money they're probably spending. That's that's one of the things I think is kind of fun watching it is if you know what's going down, you kind of start tallying the budget in your head and right. how much they actually well, spend the on end, this sucker. At the end when John Fenn's like, Yeah, I really and would appreciate it if you paid for half like of this. That bill's gotta be Millions Even in of 1990s dollars. dollars, several million bucks. Yes. Easy. But it's fantastic. I love this movie. I, it's one I love to revisit. So, Josh, how about you? Uh, yeah, so it had been a while since I'd seen it, too. Um, and uh, maybe it was it's the season, but uh, the connections to Christmas Carol hit me hard this time. Yeah. Um, I uh, I never thought about it that way before, but... Um, yeah, I, I love this movie. I know it got a lot of shit when it came out about the ending. Um, people like hated the ending of yeah. this movie, um, but it never it never really bothered me. I mean, suspension of disbelief and everything. I was fine with it. Um, so I was an early defender of the movie, um, but. Uh, all my friends just, yeah, did not like it at all. The Criterion um, Edition has an alternate ending. It does. Uh, but the alternate ending is literally, uh, instead of him running down Christine slash Claire at the end, uh-huh. he, he just steps out into the night and strolls off on his own, oh, okay. happy as a clam. Yeah. It's uh, not a big so, change. Hmm. Not a huge change at all. Yeah. Which is fine because, wh- I mean, he doesn't. She's right. He doesn't know anything about her. He just knows he's physically attracted to her um, and that she's a pathological liar because of her job. Um, So, uh, yeah, I thought uh, she was pretty dead on in um, uh, trying to turn him away. But, um, yeah, they they try to let you believe that, like, he may be jumping into another one or. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. but no, I've always enjoyed it. Uh, it the rewatchability uh, surprised me because I figured, yeah, once you know what's going on, you know it's not it's not going to hold your attention as much. But the logistics of it this time, I was like, uh, especially when they're shooting at somebody, yeah. Um, I was like, uh, they're either expert marksmen or they've got squibs all over this, all over San Francisco, just in case. Um, 
but yeah, <laughs> uh. which is which would be possible because if you think about it, even the, we saw the actor or the actress who plays the like um, person who meets him at the door of that apartment. <laughs> so like that whole building they could own and just have the squibs in there and like it's sure. a whole setup. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, like I guess it, it's the the possibilities to me are like yeah, expensive. But possible, but possible, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if improbable, possible. Because he's running through neighbors' yards for a while, getting shot at too in that sequence. I yeah. noticed this time. Um, but yeah, uh, big fan. Alicia, I liked it overall. It, this is maybe the second time I'd seen it, and it'd been a long time for me too. Maybe since it was in the theater, uh, I can't quite remember. But. Um, yeah, I, I still like it. Not as much as the first time because I didn't know what was going to happen and the ending was a little bit more of a surprise uh, for the for the original viewing I had of it. Uh, I have a harder time this time suspending disbelief a little bit because of the logistic stuff like Josh is talking about. Like, how <laughs> were they possibly able to, you know, have to figure out every possible scenario of where he's going to go and what he's going to do. So between that and the fact that sometimes, you know, he would go places and not notice the the cable van that says CRS or something. You know what I mean? Like those things, yeah. I'm like, uh, hi, like you're pretty smart on a lot of this stuff, but you're not putting together this other stuff. So sometimes I had a little bit of a clash with that. And a lot of that maybe is just that I'm noticing stuff a lot more since I already knew the main plot. But Cable repair service or whatever right. that Right, I mean, so many little things, you know, like so just different the crank he gets in the envelope at the end you know it's like a classic roll your window down crank you know stuff like that but but uh and you know the cab thing like who's to say he wouldn't have died in that cab i mean what what's the liability here you know these are the things (laughs) that i want to not think about there was a diver there was a diver close by so i want to hope so i don't know when they were doing the like the rorschach tests and all of that they right. held up a picture of a car going off of a cliff and he says yeah. whoops yeah so yeah. i guess they thought he wouldn't be that startled by it i don't know it was just you whoops. know so that kind of stuff i i it, it it bothered me more but only because i already knew where it was going if i didn't know where it was going and how it was ending i don't think it would have bothered me as much it's still even though i already knew the plot i think both nathan and i that night still had out of control stress dreams you know the dreams like nothing you can't control what's happening in whatever situation you're in i was like that's got to be from the game because i mean that's a perfect scenario of that right there because he's a master of control and he has none so you know but it was good i still enjoyed it the second viewing well that's great um i guess i am the wet blanket on this movie (laughs) um i saw it uh back when it came out i think i i think i rented it um and saw it on video um, and I, I knew, I knew I had seen it, but I couldn't remember much about it except the last 10 minutes are like seared in my brain. Um, I clearly remember him falling through, uh, that like ceiling glass thing. Um, I remember that Sean Penn is fine. Um, like all of that stuff stuck with me and, and, and most of the rest of the movie was kind of a blur. Um, and watching it again, um, I think it's well done. I think the story is well told. Um, I think where it loses me and where movies with this sort of, um, conceit or idea tend to lose me is the, um, there, there's always there's there's always an out 
for the people pulling the strings. There's always, they always have contingencies upon contingencies. There's always like 25 different things, steps that they've thought out that, you know, you don't think are possible. But so the whole time I'm watching it, unfortunately for me, I'm like, yeah, of course they're behind this. Of course they're behind this. Of course they're behind this, like all the way through, all the way through. Um, And so um, without the, without it being my first time watching it, there was not a whole lot there for me other than um, experiencing and and, uh, enjoying just the the filmmaking itself. Um, The, the shot compositions, um, some of the insane things that they did. Um, The scene where he, uh, shows up at the hotel room and it's full of Polaroids and there's like this crazy mirror shot with like cocaine on it. Like that floats over his head and follows him in the mirror. And um, that's the kind of thing that I, I come to David Fincher movies for. Um, I thought all that was really great. Um, it was interesting looking into it a little bit too, um, because, you know, it is a, 129 minute movie and it wasn't I wasn't engaged in the story so much I was more just kind of there for the ride this time Um, and so you know looking into trivia and and things like that um, and finding out that uh, David Fincher uh, basically uh, uh, Jodie Foster had been attached to play the sibling um, to play Sean Penn's part, essentially. And uh, David Fincher didn't want like such a known, they, he didn't want known actors in pretty much any of the roles except for the Michael Douglas role. And um, they, they went through somebody else and then they settled on Sean Penn. Um, Jeff Bridges? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It, um, but also uh, the the role of Christine, the like love interest, whatever you want to call her character, um, they were really like specifically didn't want her to be like a name actress that you know you knew was obviously going to be connected to all of this stuff for you know have some kind of recognition. And that actress had just been in Crash the year before. Um, and so that was like her audition tape for this. She literally sent them like a sex scene from crash where she doesn't even speak. And they were, and Michael Douglas was like, I don't know about this. And then uh, she came in and met with them and she was great. And so they hired her to do that role. I thought she was good, but, um, and uh, Sean Penn too was a little reluctant from what I read. Um, he he didn't really want to do the role or didn't get it, and then Fincher talked him into it, which I thought was appropriate. Yeah, I mean, I think he's I think he's well utilized in it. He's not in very much of the movie. Um, yeah, and the uh, uh, they were gonna like pare down Jodie Foster's role rather than get rid of her, and then they ended up replacing her anyway. Um, she got it got too late to where she was uh, she was working on contact, I think at the time that they were doing this. Um, and for those of you who missed the prior Fincher discussion, <laughs> we had a wonderful uh, back and forth about contact and panic room with Aaron. You should really check it out. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Aaron made this ridiculous <laughs> gambit that Contact was a bad movie and then couldn't back it up at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then he changed tune and he went, no, actually, I really love contact. And Dale's like, why did you say that? Yeah. He sent me on like, also a, like a five minute room. tirade and then said, I'm just, I don't mean that. Like, okay. <laughs> Aaron's been banned from Fincher February out of disrespect. I see. <laughs> he meant Nell. <laughs> Nell. <laughs> Nell. San Nail on the screen. Um, has anybody seen? <laughs> has anybody seen that show? Uh, came out on AMC, I think, earlier this year called Dispatches from Elsewhere. Uh uh-uh. uh Nope. I I talked about it a little bit, but it's a Jason Siegel, um produced show, and it's almost essentially this. It's a company who provides experiences, but there's like these dueling companies, and it goes a lot further into the rabbit hole. It's a ten episode series uh with the 10 episode the 10th episode being the meta episode where they sort of explain a lot of things to you and literally go meta where they talk to the camera yeah um wasn't my favorite ending i definitely <laughs> liked episodes one through nine and then jason siegel decided to try to talk to me like i was talking to him through the tv and i was like no thank you <laughs> um but uh this really reminded me a lot of that I, or i assume that they either i think they got that idea from like a, a novel or something but it, they're very similar um but like you guys were talking about the sleep no more experiences and stuff like that which i'm very familiar with living in new york um i really think that like you know hopefully post pandemic we can get back to a lot of these really cool fun ideas of these like you know immersive experiences and stuff like that because people really find so much value and joy from them even if they are terrified going through them they come out of it like how michael douglas comes out of it where he's like i can see or what's the guy say to him he gives him the the bible verse where he's like where once i was blind now i can see and it's like so funny how you can put somebody through something like this and then they come out a different person because of it obviously talking about christmas carol and you know the scrooge effect or whatever but um yeah, it's a it's an interesting show that's like a compa- I would say comparison in terms of like if people like that idea, that's a good show to watch for the similar ideas. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I I definitely got more of that Christmas Carol vibe this time around. Um just I think I I was more like attentive to like how big of a like m- rich asshole he was and how he like needed to learn to like trust people and actually care about people and all of that sort of thing. Like it's almost like Sean Penn did the whole thing just so that he would like love him. Like (laughs) it's just sort of like a a big gambit for him to actually like pay attention to his little brother a little bit. Um, Like, and those opening scenes are, I think maybe my favorite part of the whole movie. Those things that are like, they, they look like they're shot on, like really shitty eight millimeter film um, where they're like recreating kind of his childhood and like his birthday party or something like that. Um, which I guess now thinking about it, it would have been his birthday party. Cause that's sort of the, the bookends of the movie is he wanted to have a great birthday party. So speaking of which I forgot to look in the credits. Is it Michael Douglas playing his own dad? No, no, is it his it's brother? It's the guy who's or? the voice of Mario. Yeah. That's right. What? Yeah. The guy who's the voice of Mar- <laughs> Super Mario. Uh-huh. 
Uh, I, you Seriously. know, it kind of reminded me those eight millimeter style shots remind me a lot of the more modern series. Um, oh gosh, why can I think of it all of a sudden? That's on Succession. HBO Succession. Yeah, it kind of remind me of the opening credits mm. to Succession yeah. with all the old footage of them as kids. You know, I really liked Shotwise too. And, and, you know, part of the story I really liked, even seeing it the second time, was when they go back to the CRS building and they go up to essentially the cafeteria for all of the people working for the company. I thought that was great. I still think that's just a great idea to go, you know, to the to to where he can see everybody that's been involved in this mm. all in one place, getting their fried chicken and mashed potatoes. There's like a giant commissary for everyone yeah, yeah, in the movie. Exactly. Just like you'd see <laughs> yeah. on a big Hollywood set. So that I think that in particular was a really fun scene. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like uh, Westworld, but like with the yeah. real people. Yeah, true. Yeah. Well, Michael Douglas was going through a divorce at the time, and he said that that had a big influence on his performance. Um, I also uh, found out that I guess David Fincher had wanted to kind of carry um, like a marionette theme all the way through this movie, um, including with the marketing, where instead of the puzzle pieces that are like make up the poster for it now, he wanted Michael Douglas to be like on strings, like a marionette. Uh, and to have that be kind of the the symbolism of it, um, more stuff with like that clown that they found that he finds at the beginning, um, where that was more of like a marionette type of of character. Uh, but they shot him down. Uh, if you search for YouTube, uh, there's a teaser trailer that David Fincher made with that marionette style, and it's really great. Um, it it tells you just about nothing about the movie but you get the whole his whole uh uh idea of this sort of marionette version of it it's like it's just like this marionette being suspended from these super long strings and there's like bits of dialogue from the movie that come in and the marionette starts like like pulling against the strings and then it's like shaking more and more violently as it goes on and uh i i maybe i have this memory and maybe i i made it up in my head but i feel like i saw that that teaser at some point um and that was kind of my idea of what the movie or my first sort of idea of the movie or where i had heard about it um was from that but uh the actual trailer that they ended up using and releasing i don't think is that that exciting um the puzzle piece poster on the other hand became very iconic like everybody pretty much recognizes that even if they don't know the movie so that's funny that you uh, bring that up because um in one of our escape rooms we have marionettes um <laughs> it's a it's a very common theme for puzzles and escape rooms obviously and then the other thing i thought was interesting too was when he pulled that crank out we have a crank in one of our rooms that is part of a puzzle. I was just like, this is insane. Oh, it was, it was so fun to watch. Um, and like, I don't get to make the puzzles in the rooms, unfortunately, although I have started to kind of like think about it in a certain way. The more that I, um, work at escape rooms and, and know them and think about them, I really like, I want to kind of try to make my own, but th they're very complex. Um, and so like thinking about, 
how that applies with this in terms of execution for the CRS company. I mean, yeah, obviously money for sure. I would say, I mean, and I don't even know, but estimate one of our rooms probably costs $25,000. Yeah. Or 20, yeah, it's like they're insanely expensive. Um, and that's just because of all the technology and wiring and uh, mechanisms that we use and just like it, it's incredible. But the, but, but the joy on people's faces when they solve a puzzle is like every time you just feel like you've done something to help someone find like figure out something about their lives or themselves or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a really interesting psychological experiment and I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah. There's nothing more bonding than, than, uh, surviving adversity with someone. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's a very, uh, it's a very endearing thing to go through. Um, to have that kind of shared, that shared weird experience. Um, where you're only depending on the other person, you know, or the other per- people in your group. Yeah. I think that's probably why the ending with Christine doesn't bother me so much is just because I, I guess I've, I see that often where you do see people bonding through the experiences. And so of course, yes, physical attraction, but I think just, it's like, that's the, it's like speed where at the end of speed, you know, they talk about going on a date or whatever, cause they had just gone through this traumatic experience together. Um, and like people always end up together or whatever. It's a trope and a cliche, but still very true for a lot of real life situations. So I didn't mind it so much. I liked it. But it wasn't traumatic for her. She was just well. No, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's why I think that's why she was just like. Uh, obviously, he was into it. She's reluctant because she's like, "Dude, I do this every day. I'm on a plane to go do another one right now." Like, <laughs> well, I had. I mean, I, I had a long time uh, platonic female friend um, growing up, and uh, she told me many years later that uh, she was actually really attracted to me after. We spent like a six-hour car ride in a car with uh, no working heater uh, and like a, a maximum speed of like 50 miles an hour that we had to drive home in like a snowstorm. And the fact that I kept her laughing the whole way home was like, like that really meant something to her. That was really like endearing to her. Um, so that that sort of being able to to have that sort of war story um to share i think is is something people people hang on to it kind of the the way she ends up behaving at the end i kind of felt like she makes that one comment she's getting in the car right after she met him that first time early on in the movie and she says something to the effect of i think what i told the mater d was it was that attractive man or something like that and i think it was just kind of him calling her on her bluff whether that was just like an ad lib or part of the script because it Mm. it did seem kind of like an ad lib that she put in there yeah i don't know if anybody thought that but that's what i thought no and that's yeah now that you bring it up that is interesting i hadn't made that connection well it was his 48th birthday I mean, she lied to him at every other step, but maybe that one <laughs> yeah. nugget of truth. <laughs> he wants to think that, yeah. Yeah. But I also, now that you bring that up, the ad lib stuff, Nathan, um, also, too, and the guy that plays sort of the guy who gives him all the tests or whatever talks about how he was like, I improvised a little bit or whatever. 
got to imagine some of the improv that they have to do. They should come take classes at our theater. Um, no, <laughs> I, I thought the amount of improv usage for something like that would be very high because you're right. Like you don't, you don't really know what is, is scripted and what is not. And then sometimes what if, what if an ad lib from an actor sends them down the wrong path that they weren't supposed to go or yeah, like incites some other incident that happens. Um, but they got to have a lot of skills as actors. Also in San Francisco, I was like, in New York, I could see that being a huge thing. In San Francisco, I'm like, how many actors are on Chinese restaurant walls in San Francisco? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then he was That's on- That's a New York thing. He was just on like uh, some like big pharma ad that they randomly <laughs> yeah. saw at a restaurant. Yeah. Well, but see, even I kind of wondered, maybe that's a plant, you know? Oh, yeah. For I mean, sure. the whole thing was just for like- sure. It has it, to be. His ex-wife was in on it, of course. Yeah, I mean, all that in the end, you think it has to all again. It's it's that infinite contingencies we're talking about. Right. Like, how many other little seeds were out there that he didn't pick up on that they planted just in case it was something he went to. I mean, that yeah, no wonder the bill is a book. I mean, my God, like mm-hmm. I, I can't even imagine. I mean, the Pentagon doesn't have enough contingency plans for what they must have at this company. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was. It wasn't a tough sit, but it was. There was a bit of it that was just kind of like, man. Yeah, I know. Like they, they've got this all figured out. Like, well, they're like, I was wondering if the the actor that worked at the company that did all the tests were those acting were those kids actors as well that he took to the zoo. And who are those kids? No wonder they didn't listen to him when he gives them money and tells them <laughs> to go. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. who? Who were they? You know, the whole zoo was a setup. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't exist twenty four hours ago. That guy goes to that the zoo is- every day and pays children to to go eat. Things. And really, how long yeah. did they have to sit at the tiger cages to wait for Michael Douglas's character to finally show up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. He's like, okay, kids, just just hold on a second. Oh, there he is. Okay, now act interested. We've been here for hours. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> this is the fifth day, mister. <laughs> <laughs> We've got two movies left in uh, Fincher February. We've got uh, Alien 3, which will be the, the finale of all of this, which we actually already recorded um, quite a ways ago. Uh, but next week, uh, we are going to Zodiac, Thanks for everybody for discussing uh, the game. Thanks for everybody for listening. We will see you on the next deeply discussing movie podcast.